that you are here to speak to us. And Lord, we are here to receive. We stretch our hands, we stretch our hearts to you, Lord. And we say, Lord, come meet us. Meet us in a new way, Lord. Let us understand you. Let us uh, recognize your good and wonderful plans for our lives. To you be the glory and the honor. Amen. 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 You may be seated. <clears throat> well, as you have heard, we have uh, new restrictions again from the coronavirus. Uh, as a result, uh, we are meeting not as long as usual. Uh, so I have to hurry up with my preaching <laughs> and uh, share my word uh, with a little bit more uh, privity. Okay, so let, let me take you to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1. You know, this is one of the very, very important scripture in the Bible. Uh, so we read here, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. Very powerful, isn't it? In case you, know, you wonder where the universe has come from, here the answer is clear. Okay? The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father, or again I will be his father and he will be my son. John chapter 11, verse 26, there's an encounter that Jesus has with, with Martha, who had uh, just lost her brother Lazarus. And, uh, you know, there was this mourning in the house, of course, uh, for the loss of uh, her brother, and the family was, was, was really deep affected by that. And uh, they had to call Jesus to come and somehow Jesus did not come in time because they felt if Jesus would come and pray for the uh, sick man, then he would, he would rise because after all, uh, Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. But then Jesus didn't come, not in time, not in the time that they had thought he should come. He came when there was already a funeral, when Lazarus was dead and in the grave. And so there was a discussion with, uh, with uh, uh, Jesus and Mary, and you know, uh, Jesus told her, I'm the resurrection and the life. And she said, you know, Jesus said, everyone who lives in me believes and, uh, and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And she said, yes, Lord. I've always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. We are going to discuss this morning, you know, the Son who is the radiance of God's glory. And 
it is wonderful that there are people who have recognized the Son as the Son of God. So this morning we want to take a bit of time to talk about this scripture and a few others. You know, God speaks to us by the Son who represents him, the Almighty God. Let us understand God has never been silent, okay? God has always been speaking. Actually, God is very social. Social networks did not only come into place when there was Facebook or others, you know, so God has always been social. God has always been longing to speak to his creation. From the beginning of mankind, God spoke. Spoke through creation, spoke through his word, and I think it's very important for us to recognize that God did speak because he wanted to reveal his love and his kindness to us as human beings. So, God spoke to his first creation, first, the first man, you know, Adam and uh, Eve, God spoke to them. God made them understand what his plan was for their lives, and they were freely coming to him, having fellowship with God, just as they were able to have fellowship with each other. But then, of course, sin came into this world, and it made it impossible for us to get through to God. You know, there was a barrier which man could just not cross. And because man could not cross the barrier and not get back into communication, God decided that he would cross the barrier, that he would come and speak to us, even when we had no way to come to him. So in many ways, God has been communicating his plans and his love. You know, that's why scripture tells us uh, very clearly that in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets in, at many times and in various ways. God used people, ordinary people like you and me, in order to speak the message of God. And he still does that, by the way. But of course, today, the quality of the speaking of, of, of the Lord is very different from that time. Because at that time, they spoke the word of God, but of course, the Son was not revealed as he is revealed to us today. So they were always pointing to him. They were always speaking about his coming. They were speaking about his work that he was going to do. I mean, if you think, for instance, about prophet Isaiah, who was able to speak passages of, of the scripture describing the life of, of, of the Messiah, Jesus our Lord, in great detail. You know, this is not something that is humanly possible. It is only possible because God gave this as inspiration to Isaiah and, of course, to many other prophets. So God spoke, and yet, you know, there was always uh, a doubt in the people that God spoke to. You know, many of the, the uh, prophets were not treated well. In fact, a number of them were killed and they were not recognized because they felt these people were just, you know, speaking of themselves. But God used human channels, and he still does so. You know, even so, human channels can never fully represent the glory of God. So finally, God decided not just to speak through human channel, to, to human, through human channels, but he decided that he would send his own son. 
responsible by the tenants of the vineyard. Uh, they, they were, you know, conspiring uh, that we don't want to hear from, from the master because maybe he just wants to get his rent or whatever. So they threw the, 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 the servants out. Now that's a very interesting and very accurate depiction of what really happened in the olden days. Okay, so again, the master sent other servants. Same thing happened. And it happened until finally the master said, I will send my own son. They will fear him, at least. They will, they will not do what they, what, what they have done to the servants. So servants were there. They were bringing the message. But, you know, the owners of the, or the, the tenants of the vineyard, they didn't want to listen to, to those words. Then the son came. And the wickedness of the tenants was so big that they said, well, here is the son. If we kill him, then the vineyard will be ours. Then we will take over. And yes, they killed the son. Now, I want to stop here with the parable, with the story that Jesus was giving us. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. The son was sent by the father, and he was giving us the message of the father, giving us a message of his love and his his future for us, but we, you know, here in this world did not listen. So Jesus was nailed to the cross, he was crucified, and people thought, now this is ours. Of course, that is a very uh, big fallacy because we can never take anything away from God. Yes, mankind managed to kill the Son of God, but that did not stop the Lord from giving his love to us. In fact, through the death of Christ, salvation has come to us. And so at the fullness of time, as the Bible tells us, God has overcome the limitations of, of just messengers that are bringing the, the word of God, and he sent his own son in order to give us a full representation of the Father. Okay, and this is amazing, you know, because... The Bible tells us very clearly that the Son was the exact representation of the being of God, sustaining all things by his powerful word. You know, through him, through Christ, God made the universe. God made the heavens and the earth. Okay, you know, since the beginning of time, people have been looking for answers uh, about our universe. Uh, and, and people are trying to find, uh, you know, links and clues of how this world came into being. But as long as you are from looking at, at the universe from within the universe, you can never find out how the universe came into being. You have to go outside of the universe. Okay, and this is what God allows us to do here because he tells us in very, very few words, he tells us, that in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. Okay? Not only the things here in this world, but the things that are even outside the universe, beyond the universe, in heaven, under the heavens, or whatever you call it, you know, and through him he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things through his powerful words. You know, we, we must recognize 
that without the word of God, okay, some people may not understand that, okay, but the Bible tells us that his word has not only created the world, it is also sustaining the world, okay? When God spoke, he created, okay? When there was void and darkness and God spoke, it became light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Okay, God spoke all the different, uh, you know, plants and, and, and creatures into being. And then, of course, he did what was his most important work. He created man in his own image and likeness. This is powerful, okay? And so we, we must understand that God sustains us. Okay? Looking around in our world, we don't seem to understand that. Okay? People are doing their own things, their own scheming, their own wicked things. We're hearing of wars and rumors of wars, you know. We are seeing people are uh, in, 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 in clinch with each other. And that's very sad. Not realizing that, you know, we are not the owners of this world. Even so, Jesus was killed at the, at the cross of Calvary. We have not become the owners of this world. God is still there, and he still sustains this world through his powerful word. You know, we remember that Jesus says that he is the living word. You know, John chapter 1 gives us a very good passage on that. Now, in the Son, in the Son of God, in Christ, all the plans of God are revealed to us, at least all those which are relevant to us, okay? There may be some things that we may not understand because they are beyond us, okay? But all the plans of God that are relevant to us as human beings, God has revealed them in the Son. If we consider all these scriptures that we have about Christ, when we study the Son, then we will get revelation about the plans of God, okay? And uh, let me just mention uh, a few of them. I can't exhaust it, but you know, God's plan of creation, okay? God has created this world, has created the universe. He was before all things, before the things that we see, the material things, because he is not material, he's eternal. Okay, but he created all this for a purpose. And the purpose was that he needed a place where he would be able to bring up that creature who was made in the image and likeness of himself. Okay? God didn't want to take him straight into his own presence because, you know, should we ever have uh, sinned, we would have died then and there. And so God knew that we needed to have a place in which we could prove ourselves, in which we had the freedom to make a decision and even decide to walk against God, you know, even decide to uh, turn our back to him and walk away from him without immediately dying. So look at the prodigal son. The prodigal son was walking away from his father, and if he was in the glory of God, he would not have gone very far after walking away. He would have just died. But now God put us into this world where, yes, we can walk away from the Father so that we 
experience what it is to live without a father. So this son went into the world and, you know, had a good time, at least he thought so. You know, as long as he had money, he had a lot of good friends. But then, of course, when the money ran out, their friends proved to be not good friends because the friends were no longer there. They were all disappearing. And then he was in need. The Bible tells us that he now hired himself out to be looking after pigs. And uh, while the pigs were well fed, he couldn't even eat from that which the pigs were fed. So he remembered his father. And you know, this is the powerful plan of God, that he has given us an opportunity to go our way. If we want to do that, we have the freedom to do so. But thank God, this son that we call the prodigal son remembered his father. And he remembered the goodness of his father. He remembered that his father had taken care of him, which of course he never saw when he was. And so he decided, let me go back to my father. And that is the reason why God created this world. Okay? So that we have a chance to exercise our free will and even, you know, defy God, walk away from God, turn our back to God. And if we want, we can, we can stay away from him for good. But if we come to our senses, if we come to realize that we have a father in heaven and we turn around, then our father is waiting for us. This is the reason why he made this world, okay? So that we can find God when we repent. So that we can be able to be reunited with our heavenly father through his wonderful plan. So we, we see God's plan for creation clearly in scripture. We see God's plan for salvation, okay? The Bible tells us that we had gone astray and all of us, every human being was under the curse of sin, everyone. And the virtues of sin, we know, is this. But then Jesus came as our Savior. He came as our Lord. He came to lay down his life and he reveals to us his plan of salvation. Of course, that is central and that's why the book of Hebrews tells us that in the last days, God did not just send messengers. God did not just send prophets or whatever they may be called, but he sent his own son because the messengers could not lay their life down. They could not shed their blood. And even if they did, it wouldn't make a difference. He needed to send his son so that everyone who believes in him has everlasting life. And that's exactly what he did. So in other words, in the son, you know, there is the radiance of God's glory and God's glory being revealed to us in his creation, in salvation. You know, God's plan is laid bare in the scriptures for his body, the body of Christ, that we call those who are called out of darkness in his, into his wonderful light, or we call it the ecclesia, okay? That means, you know, you're called out. Today we call it the church, except that a lot of people, when, you, when they hear the word church, they look at, they think about a building. But the church is not a building. The church is people. The church is you and me. We are the church. And you know, God had a plan for his church long before 
he even started creating this world. He laid it all out. And when he came back, <clears throat> he told his disciples, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, you know, the gates of darkness, the gates of hell will not be able to overpower the church. Amen. The ecclesia. Thank God. You know, we have been, we have been in this world and we have seen kingdom come and kingdoms go. You know, those of you who have studied uh, enough of, of, of history, you have seen, you know, empires come up. And then they disappear. Mighty, powerful empires have been in this world. And today, you have to dig deep in order to find the leftovers. You know, the Babylonians or the Greek or the, or the, or the Romans. You know, you have to look at uh, broken buildings to see the leftovers of those empires. But the church is more than 2,000 years old now. And it's still flourishing. And it will not be defeated. You know, many, many rulers of this world have tried to defeat the church. And they could not manage. They could not do so. Look here. Uh, Nero was using, that was the, the emperor in Rome. He was a, a very vicious man, very vicious emperor. Uh, so he was trying to set up the the, the believers and threw them in front of the lions thinking he can, he can defeat them. But the opposite happened. More people got saved. The church was thriving. And since then, you know, there were always rulers who were trying to, to eradicate the church, but it cannot be done. Okay? It cannot be done. We have, you know, world powers today. When I grew up, you know, we had the world power in the east and the world power in the west. Okay. Superpowers, as we called them. And all of a sudden, the superpower in the east was crumbling. And of course, now it's trying to resuscitate. And we see the, the, the superpower in the west is also crumbling, you know. So you cannot take for granted that these powers that are here today, that they will always be here. History tells us that, you know, they come and they go. God has de determined their coming and their, their leaving from the world stage. So let us understand God has given us an insight into his plans. And uh, while there may be a lot of things happening in our world today, the real thing, the, the thing that makes, uh, that, that really matters for eternity is the building of the ecclesia, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what matters. And God is busy working on that project. Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia. Okay? So in other words, we who are called to be servants, we are just extensions of the hands of God extensions of the word of God. I'm not preaching my word. I'm preaching the word of God. Okay? I cannot build anything as far as the church is concerned. It's only God who can do that. And only that which has come through the word of God will actually be sustained. If I build something on my own, and unfortunately there are people who are, who are trying to build the church uh, into their, uh, according to their own uh, imagination, 
these things will not remain. Only that which comes through the word of God will remain forever. So God's plan is clear, not only for the ecclesia. You know, we are reading in the book uh, of, of uh, Ephesians and again in the book of Revelation about the bride of Christ. Okay, we read that God is preparing the bride for the final coming together with the bridegroom. And of course, these are all just illustrations. You know, the, the reality is always much, much greater than the illustrations that are being used because the, the truths of the gospel cannot be easily, uh, you know, put into, into a parable or in a story. That's why Jesus used so many different parables in order to give us different viewpoints of what was going to happen in this world. So God gives us a clear insight into his plans. Let me just read the scripture for you. In the book of John, chapter 3, verse 31. John 3, 31, it says, He has come from above, and he is greater than anyone else. He is greater than anyone else. One translation says he's more superior to anyone. Speak of earthly things. Okay. Most of the time when we have discussions, we speak of the things around us. We speak about money. We speak about uh, business. We speak about cars. We speak about uh, gadgets. We speak about, you know, the latest uh, thing in town. It's always material thing. We are of the earth. That's why we speak of things of the earth. Okay, we speak of, of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and he is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Okay, Jesus tells us what he has seen and what he has heard on the other side, not within this universe, but outside the universe, in the world of God, in the eternal world of God. Okay, that's why if we want to have uh, greater knowledge, a better understanding of what this world is all about, we need to hear Jesus because he speaks us what he has seen and heard, what he has been discussing with his father from eternity past. That's why the book of Ephesians can tell us that even before the foundation of the world, God loved us. Amen? Because he is the one who has been there. You know, nobody of us could, could make such a statement, and Paul could only make that statement because he had a revelation of the, of the Lord. So that is really a very powerful realization that the Lord Jesus reveals to us what is not found inside of this universe, not found inside of this earth, okay? We speak of earthly things, but God speaks to us of heavenly things. God speaks to us of his relationship with his Father and with the Holy Spirit. And that's why so many times, you know, we hear him speak about another counselor that is coming, that he's going to send, who is going to be with you forever, you know, that is the Holy Spirit. We, we, we you know, we hear that. And like uh, the scripture says here, very few believe what he tells them. Okay, very few believe what he tells them. You know, we see that 
there are so many people who are trying to find the solution of how this world came into being, you know, what happened on the Big Bang and what happened after that. And uh, of course, they have found out a lot of things from within, but they don't know what was there before. The one who was before, the one who brought everything into being is Christ. And that's why God sent his son, okay? He didn't just send messengers because messengers will only know what they are told to say. But Christ can tell us of who he was and who he is from eternity together with the Father and the Spirit of God. That is the amazing thing. So he is sent by God. He speaks God's word for God gives him the spirit without limit. The father loves the son and has put everything into his hands. Okay, the father loves the son and has put everything, everything, you know, not a few things, but everything, not only here on earth, but even uh, the things of, of the heavenlies. He has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. This is truly amazing, you know. So God lays out his plan, his plan of salvation, his plan of creation, his plan for his body, the ecclesia, and he shows us our future. The plan that he has for us, when we live with him in what we call the New Jerusalem. And of course, you know, these are things that we read, especially in the book of Revelation 21, 22. You know, we read these things, and they are very difficult for us to understand because they are not within this universe. They are not within the material world that we, that we uh, know. Okay, so if we speak about these things, we must go beyond what we know within this world, okay? Unfortunately, many commentators, they are always trying to interpret these words with what they have seen, you know, they're comparing with what they have seen in this world. And uh, no explanation will be adequate that is trying to bring it down to our, to our own level because these are heavenly things. That God nevertheless gives us a glimpse of it, that gives us an insight of it so that we have... Uh, a greater understanding about his plan. So God has shown us his plan of fruitfulness. You know, the last few weeks we have been talking about bearing fruits. Okay, Jesus says, you know, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. And this is what God has given us the ability to do, to bear fruits. In fact, everything that God gives to us, he gives us in a seed form so that it can be able to grow. Yesterday, we were talking about faith. And, you know, the disciples came to Jesus at one time and says, increase our faith because they wanted to be able to make a, make a punch, you know, in these worlds. And uh, Jesus did not comply with that request. So maybe you, you at one time also asked God to give you more faith. But then Jesus says, if you just understand, you know, the seed, the power of the seed, you know, even if you have a, a face as little as a mustard seed, then you must understand that the seed has potential. And that's exactly like faith is. You know, Jesus always uses illustration that we can understand, okay? 
And there are very tiny seeds, like the mustard seeds, it's very tiny. But in that tiny seed, there is an amazing resource. You know, there is power in that seed. And when you put it into the ground and you let it grow, it will be able to make space for itself. It makes room for itself. It will grow and it will become a large tree. And that's exactly how faith functions. So you don't have to ask uh, the Lord for big faith so that you can impress others. No, you, you, you use what you have and you let it grow and it will be able to keep you humble on the way <laughs> and you will be able to see amazing things in the process, you know, because God is able to work through the faith that is growing in your life. Okay, so let us understand God has a plan for our fruitfulness, okay? This whole world is built on the basis of, of seed and fruits, okay? If there would not be seed and fruit, we couldn't, we couldn't survive. It's going to be impossible. So, regrettably, many people miss what even the demons know, Okay? Let me read you a scripture from the book of uh, Luke. Luke chapter 4, verse 40. The Bible reads here, As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought their sick family members to Jesus. No matter where their, what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed everyone. Wow. Isn't that powerful? The touch of his hand healed everyone. Many were possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command shouting. Listen, they came out by his command shouting, you are the son of God. He was the Messiah. Demons know who is the son of God. Okay? So please, don't be more ignorant than demons. Okay? So uh, Jesus rebuked him and he refused to let him speak because Jesus doesn't want demons to become his messengers. You know, we are not supposed to believe because demons said so. Because demons can also cheat you. Demons can mislead you. So don't, don't believe what demons say. Okay? Now, listen to a contrasting scripture. Matthew chapter 26, verse 62. And uh, the people that we see here are not just ordinary people. These were people who were in the ministry of the Old Testament, even the high priest. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. But the high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Because this was the accusation. This man says he's the Son of God. Even so, Jesus never said it. It's the demons who said it. You understand? And it's some people who believed it, like Martha and others. Like Peter who said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So people now use this as an accusation. How can a human being, how can a mortal human being just say, I'm the Son of God? And so they were asking him, Jesus, you know, and it was not any one of the priests, it was the high priest himself who was asking that, that question and charged him under oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. 
Now, what should Jesus have said? Should he said, no, I'm not? Then he would have been a liar, isn't it? So what Jesus said was, of course, the truth. And he said, yes, it is as you say. Okay, so in other words, he didn't add anything. He said, what you have said is, is correct. Okay, yes, I'm the son of God. Jesus replied, but I say to all of you, in the future you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, okay. So in other words, the high priest did not believe. Okay. He didn't even believe from the very beginning. You know, he, he, he believed this is just a mere uh, charlatan, a mere man who is claiming to be the son of God. He never believed. And yet the demons believed. The demons knew that this is the son of God. And believers were able to put their trust into the Lord Jesus Christ, believing that he is the Messiah, the son of the living God. Then the high priest tore his clothes and he said, he has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witness? Look now, you have heard the blasphemy. And that, that is the reason why they now decided this man must die, because he has blasphemed God. Meanwhile, he is God. He was, he is, and he will be. Isn't it? Except those people who were so learned about scripture, who knew everything about the law of Moses and the, and the prophets and, 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 and the, uh, the, the various uh, books in the Bible of, of, of history and, 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 and the, the Psalms. You know, they knew everything about, about those scriptures. Those were not ignorant people. But they did not believe. You know, even a blind man was able to believe, and they got annoyed that they even cast him out of the synagogue because he said, This man is, doesn't know anything. But his eyes were closed and they were now opened, and he could see this is the Son of the living God. This is exactly what the prophets have been saying. And if these people would have just listened to what the prophets have been saying, they would have recognized that Jesus is the Son of God. If they would have just compared the life of Christ with what Isaiah was saying in his prophecies, like in, 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 in the Old Testament, they would have known that this man are people who miss out because, you know, even, even so demons know, they don't know. They don't want to know. So remember, Martha believed, Peter got a revelation about Jesus and he believed, he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Not because he was clever, but because the father gave him revelation, gave him insight. And even the demons had to submit to the power of the son because they knew him. Angels served him, standing by for any command of the Christ. That's why Jesus said, even now I could call 12 legions of angels to come to my rescue. Of course, he didn't do that because he came to save us, okay? He didn't come to be rescued. He came to lay down his life. He came to become a seed that was sown into the ground and that was able to bear much fruit in the process. And we are part of that fruit today. Amen?
So Jesus is the language of God's love. That's why we must not miss him. You know, and I think we need to speak that language of our Savior and Lord to let the world know that God loves this world. So the Son prepares us so that we are ready to be taken to the destiny that God has prepared for us. Jesus declared that I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So in other words, our destiny is not heaven. Okay, that's a fallacy. Okay, what do, you, what do you know about heaven anyway? Have you a clue what heaven looks like? You know how big heaven is, how small heaven is? So our destiny is not a place. Our destiny is a person. Our destiny is the Father. Okay, that's why Jesus says, he didn't say I'm the way, the truth, and the life no one can come to heaven except through me. He didn't say that. Are you with me? And yet this is very common. In the whole evangelical movement of the churches worldwide, they want to go to heaven. But heaven is not good enough. You know, our destiny is far greater than heaven. Because he heaven is maybe, you know, maybe you can call heaven like, like this, this church which keeps the church. Okay, but actually we are more important than this building. Am I right? And God is more important than what we call heaven. After all, we don't know anything about heaven. You know, the Bible tells us that God created the heavens and the earth. So if the heaven is created, then it's just like the earth, except maybe with a little different consistency, but created, you understand? But the Father is not created, okay? The Father is our destiny. Jesus himself says this very, very clearly. You know, Thomas was saying to him in John chapter 14, verse 5, Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, you know, I could say here, don't look for the way because I'm the way. Okay, Jesus answered, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So the Father is our destiny. Jesus is the way to the Father. Jesus is not the way to heaven. Jesus is the way to the Father. The truth that he declares is the truth about the Father. Okay? The life that he shares with us is not the life of heaven. It's the life of the Father. Eternal life. Okay? Why don't we get it? It's so simple, isn't it? So Philip said, oh, show us, Lord, show us the Father. And that will be enough for us. Okay? Very interesting. Show us the Father, that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't, now you have been with me, I've don't you know me? You have been with me. You know, these are my words now. You have been with me. I've called you. And now we have walked together for uh, X number of months or years. And uh, you should know me. So don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Praise God. Because Christ is the exact representation of the Father. 
Praise God. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. This is amazing. Amen? So the Son is busy working in our lives. You know, he is, he is giving us the nature of Christ, which is the nature of the Father, because whatever Christ is, the Father is also. Okay? We come to him, and when we do, he transforms us into the nature of God, the nature and the image of God. What we used to have before we fell into sin. You know, sin destroyed the image of God in human beings' lives. You can see that, you know. I mean, you can see some crimes that are being committed by, by human beings. It's, it's, it's just horrible, okay? Because the image that was once there, the image of God was, which was once there, seen in a human being, is no longer seen. But God is preparing us again. He is transforming us from the image of sin, where we are representing our father, the devil, you know, who used to be our father before we came to know Christ, Okay, you know the the, uh, the 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 Jews at one time were arguing with Jesus and says we have never been any we are not illegitimate children we are sons of our father Abraham, and Jesus said if you were sons of your father then you would honor me because Abraham did, but in actual fact you are sons of your father, the devil, okay, so anybody who has not been saved through the blood of Jesus who has not been transformed into the image and likeness of the Son, cannot speak anything about the Father of heaven, okay? So when we come to him, he transforms us into his image. And so, you know, God is busy getting us ready. He's removing every spot and wrinkle from our life so that, okay, and this is eternal life, Jesus says, that you know the Father and the one who he has sent, Jesus Christ, okay? This is eternal life okay eternal life is not knowing heaven eternal life is knowing the father and the son amen so eternal life is the gift of the father who has given himself in Christ to all of us so Jesus speaks with the authority of the father making known the father to all of us in him eternity unfolds in our life that was created by him and for him. Okay, we are not created for ourselves. We are created for him and we are created by him. Just as much as we could not create ourselves, are we not made for ourselves? God created us and God made us for himself. He is the author of all creation. And you know, creation, God uses it only as a scaffold. Let me just read from the book of Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 10. The Bible says here, he also says in the beginning, O Lord, you lay the foundations of the, of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. Okay, the heavens are the work of your hands. They are creation. Okay. They will perish. Okay, earth will perish, the heavens will perish. So if you want to go to heaven, where are you going to be? So they will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like a garment. 
You will roll them up like a rope, like a garment, they will be changed. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool to your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? This is powerful. So in other words, what we must understand, you know, creation, and of course you hear uh, creation is actually rumbling all over. There are volcanoes in different places right now. You know, you hear of earthquakes, you hear of all kinds of, 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 of uh, upheavals in this world. And, and the word of God says these things will not remain. They are just there temporarily. They will perish. God will roll them up like a rope, uh, like a garment and change them. You know, God will make a new heaven and a new earth. Amen? So in other words, God has used these things only as a scaffold. You know, when, when you build a, a, a new building, a big building, uh, you need to have some support in order to, you know, climb up. You cannot just climb up in the air. You cannot just fly. Even if you are getting yourself lifted by, by a rope from somewhere, you know, you need to stand somewhere and build something. And God is building his temple, okay? God is building his church. God is building the body of Christ. But it needs to be done in this earth. And the earth is a scaffold, okay? The creation of God is a scaffold. It was only created for the purpose of getting us to our destiny. Once we have reached our destiny, the scaffold is no longer there, okay? I mean, I'm sure you remember there have been some, some buildings who have been in scaffold for, for many years, okay? There's a building downtown you know, uh, which at one time was planned to be the headquarter of the then ruling party. And it was, I think it was in scaffold for, for about 20 years until finally now it's finished and now it is housing some of the ministries in our, in our government. Fine. And now it looks good. But when there were scaffolds, it looked ugly, isn't it? You see, the beauty of the ecclesia, the beauty of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is, cannot be fully seen because of the Scaffolds, okay? So the scaffolds are there, but when everything is done and finished, God will remove the scaffolds. Amen? So heaven and earth will pass away, but his word and what he is doing through his word will never pass away. The ecclesia is going to rise. And by the way, he sends his angels to minister to all those who inherit salvation. Thank God. You know, all of us who have come here and believed in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are, we are due to inherit salvation, not only from what we know, but from what we are going to see in eternity, in the, in the very presence of our Father. Okay? Because, you know, we know we, we, are, we are safe, but we still have limits here and there. Am I right? We are not yet perfect. We are not yet arrived at our destiny, but we will. But in the meantime, God sends his angels to minister to us. So next time you're in trouble, just remember, God sends ministering spirits, angels, to minister to you, to help you out, to get you through that, uh, uh, that uh, tough situation that you are facing at this time. So he's getting us ready for life in his presence. And this is really our destiny. Our destiny is our Father. You know, he, Jesus Christ, is the one who represents the Father. 
Please read all the scriptures on your bulletin. There are so many powerful truths there. Jesus is the one who brings the glory of the Father into this world, and the Father is glorifying Jesus through his death. Amazing. Okay? And he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. That way only leads into one place, and that is to the Father. The truth will only tell you the truth, the full truth, not lies, not half-truths, but the full truth about our life in God, the Father. That life is eternal life. That life has a quality that will never be broken, that will never die. You know, life on this earth can be very fragile, okay? And so we have life. We know that eventually everyone who is living is going to die, isn't it? Are you seeing somebody who has been here for 200 years or 300 years or 500 years? No, they're not there. You know, even 100 years, there are quite few who are walking around this earth. And probably you might not know many of them, maybe none. The reality is, you know, we are living and we know that that life will always end in the grave. But not for us. Because the life that God has given to us is eternal. It's of eternal, it's of eternal nature. You know, he who believes in the Father and in the Son, as Scripture says, has eternal life. May God bless you all. Thank you. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for this great and wonderful hope that you have given to us through your word, that you repeat over and over and over again so that, Lord, we are not shaking in this world, but that we are solidly standing on the ground that you have prepared for us. Thank you, Lord, that we are not alone. You have sent your Holy Spirit and you have sent us ministering spirits, your angels, in order to support us whatever we are passing through in this world. So, Lord Jesus, we look up to you Lord, you are more superior to anything else in this world. And we, we know, Lord, that you are the son of the living God, the exact representation of the Father. And, Lord, we are longing for the day when we are finally being united with our Father, when we reach our destiny and being one with our God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of the Lord for doing your work in every single one of us. May you continue, Lord, to prepare us, transform us, so that we change into the image of God Almighty. And everyone say, Amen. 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 Amen.